You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filter conversation about career, family, relationships, all things modern culture. My name is Mindy Chang and I'm your host. I am very excited to be here in my 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 actual bedroom and the virtual living room, a first of all podcast with all of you, with my dear friend Andrew on. Hi, Hi Andrew. Hello. Who is a writer and a director and also just one of my favorite people on the planet. Um <laughs> I think of you and I think of cat paws, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, this this is going to be a really great conversation because uh, Andrew and I, we get together and talk about our artistic dreams, but just our lives as people. And we have so much wisdom coming our way to talk about career and self-actualization and all that stuff. Um, so I'm excited to introduce to you, Andrew on. Hello, I'm very excited to be here. It's been a little while since we've done a podcast we together. Did. We used to do them quite a bit. I was like a contender for most um, uh, popular guest for the collab cast. You were. Uh, and then I think maybe... Did Sean outdo you? Maybe. I don't know. In any case. We love you, Sean. But yeah, it's competitive. <laughs> but yeah, happy to be here. And welcome back to LA. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, this actually might be the really great start to our, our conversation about, you know, you, you've had this wonderful blossoming career as a writer and a director. And you came into my life. I'm going to like, you can introduce yourself. I want to like share my little story. Andrew came into my life. Um, the most, I'm sure I met you earlier, but you came into my life as distinctly as the spa night director. Mm-hmm. Is that correct in your? I'm trying to remember how we first met. Yeah, I, I am trying to remember. Know. That's just like the milestone that I remember. Yes. I mean, I think. Uh, but that's how you are in my head. Cool. You're like, yeah. Andrew on director of spa night, which yeah. was such a beautiful film that was at Sundance film festival. And I've talked about Sundance quite a bit on this podcast. And that was like my entrance into like independent filmmaking. And I was super moved by it. Um, and just really inspired. And so that's how I know Andrew. And then we've gotten to know each other through the Asian American community. And he's just grown so much in the types of projects he's doing and the people he works with. It's just incredible going back to Sundance and you're just in New York working on a film. So that's, and it's been a minute. So this is also going to be like catch up time for Andrew and me. <laughs> yeah. And so how would you, how would you describe, introduce yourself as like, because you're Spa Night director to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Spa Night was a very uh, important, uh, you know, film in, in my career path. And, and, you know, it being my first feature, you know, I think in some ways that's how I'll always think of myself. <laughs> you know, it's like I made Spa Night. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's been really cool um, to... Uh, you know, uh, grow in my career. So since Spa Night, um, I directed uh, the first full season of a TV show called This Close, um, which was on Sundance Now. And uh, the second season is coming out later this year. Awesome. Um, and then uh, I just uh, premiered uh, my second feature called Driveways um, at the Berlin International Film Festival, which was an amazing experience. Um, so it's been cool to 
you know, uh, grow in, in my ambitions and in the types of stories that I'm telling, uh, you know, but I think, uh, you know, I'm still that gay Korean American filmmaker, you know, at art. And it's, it's, uh, it's an identity that I, I really, um, value and, uh, and I think I'm always going to go back to, um, and we love that. I mean, that's, that's really what struck me about Spawn. I've seen a number of different films and shows and whatnot, or experienced different types of art. I think one of the biggest things for me is just, is it honest? Mm-hmm. And I think people can interpret that however they want to, because art can be really abstract. But when it comes to film, it's like you're telling a story. You're taking people on a journey into someone's like life and their mind and their feelings. And that's what I feel like I got to know you through the film before ever even really having a bunch of in-depth conversations with you. I was like, Andrew is very true to himself. And I think that's something that always drew me to the film and that's drew me to you. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, it's uh, Spawnite was such a personal work. And and for you to say, you know, like, oh, like you you got to know me, you know, through the film. I'm, I'm, you know, a little horrified by that in a way, but also very, you know, like proud that that that's that's you know what I did and and uh and was part of the intention you know mm-hmm. so much of uh my work um is is to get people to understand another human being's point of view yeah um yeah I don't well, not say like your story verbatim yeah but no, like of course. <laughs> of course but I was just like kind of the way that you would let people sit in their feelings that says a lot about a person in my opinion and I'm just like I have a different view on like filmmaking in general but mm-hmm. that's how I feel I got to know you thank you yeah thank so you. kudos to you okay so we we know that you are an established writer and director but the parts that I'm still getting to know you as our friendship evolves and and in this podcast okay first of all I didn't know that you worked as an administrator we just had a little pre-chat mm-hmm. before we started recording and those are like the parts of the journey that I'm personally really fascinated by because we get to know a lot of different artists. We get to know all these like really accomplished people who do great things that we're super inspired by. But I genuinely like, well, how'd you get there? I'm mm-hmm. really curious about what burger joint did you work at and what, <laughs> you know, were you like a tutor? Like I, you know, I did a lot of service jobs too. And so those all are these bricks that I feel like build a person and teach you things. So, like, can you take me back? Because I I think that's a very compelling story that's relatable to everybody because not everybody here is, uh, you know, and we have a global audience, by the way. Um, Shout out to Japan. Like, a lot of people (laughs) in Japan listen. I'm like, hey. Um, But people have a lot of different paths that they're on. And sometimes it can be really vague or blurry or unclear or confusing or frustrating like you don't know necessarily where you're going so can you take us like before andrew became andrew director of Svane, <laughs> what what were like the stepping stones yeah so um uh, i went to cal arts for film school i was there from 2008 to 2011 <laughs> and when i graduated i had no idea like what to do, you know, I was still, um, working on my thesis film. Mm -hmm. Um, they had let me graduate, you know, without it being totally done. Um, and so I hadn't submitted it to film festivals. Um, you know, I had no idea, you know, how I was going to 
you know, pay the bills. And so I, I just applied to like any job that I could get my, yeah, like get my hands on, like, you know, have some sort of connection to. And, and there was, um, an opening in the admissions office at CalArts. And, um, and so this was my alma mater. They were looking for an admissions counselor for their school of film, which was where I went to school. And so, um, it, it felt like, okay, I could talk about the school from a personal point of view and, yeah. um, and, and it was a community that I was comfortable with. And, uh, and so I applied to the job, um, and I, 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 I got it. And so I started working in the admissions office, um, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the fall. Um, and, it was interesting, you know, people were like, oh, why don't you go out there, like get a job in the industry, like work in the CAA mailroom or, you know, like be a writer's assistant. Um, and, you know, I think I could have, right? Like, yeah. I think I could have taken that path. But, um, you know, I also saw that, um, uh, you know, the people with those jobs were so exhausted, right? Uh-huh. And they were surrounded by the industry, um, and they were having to do work, you know, like for their bosses, like you know, some at the the expense of their complete sanity, exactly, yeah, and emotional well being, yeah, and and just like your your creative juice, right? Yeah, and so for me. Um, you know, it was easier to do something that was a little bit separate from that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I wasn't still related cause it's film, right? Related in a way, yeah. you know, it was like a different kind of side of things, you know, instead of, uh, like reading scripts and, you know, writing coverage, uh, you know, I was talking to students about, you know, what CalArts film school had to offer and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I got to be in the, the film school and, you know, like just be in a creative environment, but I, I didn't have to be creative myself, you know? And, and so I was able to save that for my own work. And so that was like finishing, you know, my, my short film, my thesis and, and working on my screenplay for spa night. Um, so it was a, it was, it was one of those things where I, I, I was giving myself some sort of space, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I was at that job for, for two and a half years. And, and, you know, while I was at like working that job, um, my thesis film got into Sundance. So my short, um, Tor, 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 Marvin, we're talking Marvin, to we're talking uh, but yeah, like, um, my short film played at Sundance. Um, I did the Sundance, um, uh, screenwriters lab, you know, I was really, uh, prioritizing, um, my, my own creative path, uh, while still, you know, uh, fulfilling the responsibilities of the job because I, I cared about the film school. I cared about the students that I was, um, advising through the college process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some of that actually kind of leaked into my work on spa night, you know, like there's this scene, you know, about like SAT scores and, you know, advising, you know, David, this character, you know, like about college. I, I was really, um, using my experience, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to my advantage. Right. But it was always very clear that like, I wasn't going to become like 
the director of admissions at a college. Like that wasn't what my dream was, Mm -hmm. you know, my dream was to be a filmmaker. Um, so it was, it was, it was very much a day job and I had a passion for it, you know, um, and I, I, I felt like I did it well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I always had my eyes on the prize. Um, that's something I really, really respect about you, Andrew, because not, there are people out there who maybe have these, this prize idea, like what's their dream and what's their grand vision. But some people, it feels so out there Mm -hmm. that you can't even, it's not something real. But I love that like you went to, because some people, maybe even film schools, I've talked to several people actually, where they were like, I can't even go to film school. A, like It's just such an alien subject that they're like, okay, I'm going to do the accounting thing. And like, honestly, and part of me is like, I wish I took an accounting course. <laughs> it would have really <laughs> helped me in my life to have some practical skills. But, you know, it's, I'm curious too, even, okay, so maybe this is before even you graduated, before you even got into film school, when did that vision start for you? Because to me, everyone has such a different path. And for me, it was medicine. It was way in the back of my mind was like filmmaking working in Hollywood. It was always like this giant far away if I had 10 heads and lived in a castle, maybe I could work in Hollywood kind of dream. But like when did you even want to get into yeah. film or when was that vision even formed? Well, so I I went to Brown University for my undergrad and I was I was a, a pre-med student. Like I was a <laughs> I was a bio major. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was, I was good. I wasn't great in the classes and, and I could see that, um, other students were so much more passionate about the field than I was. And, um, and I just knew that like, I, I didn't want to be like a mediocre doctor. Like I, <laughs> that's a little scary, right? Like that would be bad. Um, competent would be, I'm fine with that. Cause there are a lot of incompetent people. I'd be okay with that. I mean, you're not passionate about it for yeah. sure, but if you know what you're doing and you're trained and certified, yeah, I'm okay with that. I think for me, I was just like, Oh, like I don't, I don't think medicine is my path. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was taking, um, film classes at Brown, uh, but they were mostly like film studies and they did have a few production classes. And so I, um, I enrolled in them and it was the thing that I found myself spending the most time on. Ah. Like, you know, I, I would be like, okay, I've got like this like English essay to do, but then I also have this, you know, this, um, the film production assignment, like, and I would just, pour so much more time into it and I was so interested in it and I was also really bad at it like my first (laughs) film like it was so like I didn't understand anything and it was so confusing and it looked terrible and so I just wanted to get better um and by the time I reached my senior year you know uh the only thing that I could think of continuing to do you know, that like still, um, I had like a, a curiosity about was film. Mm-hmm. And my mom, uh, told me that I either had to go to grad school or get a job immediately after graduating. Like there was no like dicking around Euro trip, you know, <laughs> go find yourself. honey. There's, there's no. none of that. It was very like, you have to figure it out like, like right after you graduate. Yeah. And so 
kind of on a whim, I applied to film schools my senior year uh, at, at, at Brown and had no idea like what I wanted to do once I got into film school. Uh-huh. You know, it was still kind of a curiosity exploratory phase. Um, and the only film school that I got into was CalArts. And I think it was because my portfolio was like super artsy fartsy and, you know, was, was, uh, uh, it felt, you know, very experimental in a way. Got it. Um, and so on a whim, like the same way I applied to the programs, I was like, well, I guess I'll go to CalArts, you know, <laughs> and film school, I, I'll say this, it's so expensive, you know, film I've school heard. is, I mean, grad school in general, undergrad degrees now, like, you know, they could be so expensive unless you get financial aid mm-hmm. and I'm paying like full transparency, $800 a month for my student loans, you know, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is pretty gnarly, Yeah, you know? Oh wait, right now. Now. Oh dear God. Yeah. yeah it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take me forever to pay off Exa- my student loans. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it's just like, man, but that's so real. And like, those are those are real obstacles of like, yeah. do I go for the dream or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Can I afford to? Am I willing to pay? Hey, and and I'll say this: like in some ways, I kind of went into film school not fully aware of of the financial consequences. You yeah. know, there there is a little bit of, um, you know, I was just trying to figure things out, and and uh, and I do think that. Um, you know, it was a, it was a gamble. It was a risk, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I do think that sometimes that really rewards people and and then other times it doesn't. I think if I were more cautious, if I was more aware of, you know, kind of what was going to happen, um, or what's very likely for film school graduates, which is often, you know, you don't have a successful career in film. Mm-hmm. I might have not gone. Like, I might have stopped myself. Right. But because I was a little bit oblivious and because I was a little bit bold, I went for it, you know. And so I really um, I really went into CalArts kind of with this, like, open heart, open mind um, to just, like, soak it all in, you know, and, just and go so for it. just to go for it and, yeah. and, you know, kind of consequences be damned. It did work out for me, you know, like I now have a career and I know the kinds of films that I want to make and I know what kind of filmmaker that I want to be mm-hmm. and that might adjust as I go. But, um, CalArts was really valuable for me. Like, I don't know if I would be where I am in my career if I didn't go. You know, so it, you're, it's you're still the admissions person right now. I feel like you're just like recruiting people to to submit to CalArts right now. It's also like fifty thousand dollars a year, yeah, which is no joke. You know, um, it's a lot to to pay off each month. Yeah, but I'll say this: like, I didn't study film in a rigorous way in undergrad, and I felt like I really needed to to do that, mm-hmm. and and I was aware of myself as a person, as a student, as like a learner, Mm -hmm. that school was the best kind of environment, you know, other people like they need to get out there in the field. They need to like do the work themselves. They need to just make work. You know, I needed a little bit of that safety net, you know, and I, I wanted mentors and faculty and peers. And so it worked out for me, you know, it, it made sense for me. Um, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where I just was really happy to be um, 
you know, experimenting and, and trying film. That's, I think that's so, again, it's very telling of you because, and I think that's what kind of, when it comes to this kind of self-help world that we're living in, including this podcast, you know, the goal is to drive conversations for other people to think for themselves. It's not necessarily say, Hey, do this and X, Y, Z. It's sharing like, this is what I went through. And there's going to be some things that resonate with people and connect and are parallel and some things that are completely opposite because, you know, I've met, and, and I think Hollywood or like film and, and acting and creative arts is a really interesting industry or medium to dissect because there is no linear path whatsoever. Like this is the least linear, least logical, least rational. I mean, there are components that make success make sense. But in terms of like having something, a a pathway laid out for you, no, like there's no guarantee of anything. And that's, I think what can be so risky, feel so risky about that. But you know, in anything, it's, it depends on what people are kind of using as their measuring stick of what they're looking for yeah. as success, right? Yeah. Are you looking for the security and stability? Because now that I've been in this, I'm like mad envy. Do you ever have that feeling? Like I'm really envious of the friends that do have stability, even though I completely love my <laughs> life. I love it that it's an adventure and like I don't know what's ahead of me that I can really kind of be the captain of my ship, which is exciting. And a lot of people seek that. And they are wistful about that. And I have that. And it's great. But like, man, I miss knowing that I got a check coming every week or two, you know, and like having my health care covered, <laughs> like having a retirement plan. I have to say like a, uh, a path is so um, it's it's so hard to to trust in in a way. Right. Um uh, cause you're, you're always afraid that you've missed an opportunity or you're going to miss an opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it's one of those things where the paths that you see other people, you know, you know, go down, um, you can try and follow them and it'll close up, you know, mm-hmm. like it's actually, it, it only worked for them, you know, yeah. and, and you kind of have to find your own. So yeah, you know, for me, I think like, I tried to make sense of my path and, and in a weird way, in retrospect, it all makes sense. You know, like before I even had, um, my short film, um, at Sundance, I was in this fellowship program called project involved at film independent. And I met someone there who was another fellow who years later was the executive who invited me to um, interview for um, for the directing job at This Close, you know? Wow. And so it was one of those things where, like, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, yeah, that led to this. Yeah. But at the time, I would have no idea. It's just yeah. a random data point or a thing that happened in your yeah. life that you have no idea. It's, it's like, an inconsequential thing. You're like... Well, that happened. Yeah, you're like, oh, I did this fellowship, and I know, you know that person now. Yeah, it, it's so it's you know again in, in retrospect it makes sense, but at the time you're kind of just meeting people, learning things, gaining experience, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to to trust in it. Yeah, um, I will say that like, um, you know. I feel like, okay, yes, I can be a filmmaker now, but that's not a guarantee. And then something might happen that like, you know, uh, whether it's health or, you know, different priorities, I can shift courses, but, um, 
I think what I've, I've gained from this, uh, uh, experiences and, and, uh, and just this path so far is that, um, I can trust myself to, uh, like roll with things, you know, and, and to find joy in what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're adapting. I'm adapting. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and you're assessing what's in front of you, figuring out, well, what's the, what's the step that I want to take? And mm-hmm. it might be different from the long term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's a decision that I can make and in the future be like, you know, I made that decision back then for a reason mm-hmm. and I know why, you yeah. know? Um, and then it's up to you to connect that dot and then bring yeah. it if you're okay with where it's going, but you also have, again, you're the captain of your ship, so you can then steer it back to where the original course or whatever, you know, yeah. the back to the, that goal that you were diverted from for a hot second yeah. for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. I mean, like with, uh, with spa night, I could talk very specifically when I went to Sundance with Thor, the short film, um, I met with someone uh, who worked at the Sundance Institute feature film program, mm-hmm. which is the side of the institute that runs the labs. And he was like, hey, like, I loved your short film. Do you have a feature? And I was like, yes, I do. And I started <laughs> writing. Uh-huh. right? And then, you know, emailed him when uh, I had a draft and you know, uh, I didn't get into the labs the first time, but got in the second time. That person that I met with, you know, at Sundance in 2012, um, years later became an agent. And then after I made Spa Night, he became my agent. And so, you know, there's a lot of these um, kind of uh, things building on top of things. And, And I worked really hard to kind of you know, make sure that, uh, that I was leaving myself open to those things, you know, like the, I could have very well been like, I'm not going to make spawn night. I'm never going to make films again and just like sabotage myself. Yeah. I didn't because I trusted in this, um, uh, in this, uh, belief in myself that like, uh, what I'm doing will pay off. Right? right. Um, and that's a little bit, again, maybe delusional, <laughs> But you kind of have to, you kind of have to have that. You kind of have to believe that what you're doing now is going to pay off in the future. For sure. Um, And so, you know, this this just continues, right? Like um, that uh, something that I did in the past has set me up for something that I'm going to do in the future, Mm -hmm. and and I just hope that what I do today is going to help me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And. And I think it's the fact that I trust myself and I trust this process that, um, I can, I can see things more clearly. You know, I think if I had more anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, I might not be able to see the opportunities that present themselves in front of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I, I would miss them for sure. And then I would just go down the spiral of like, well, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not making enough or I'm not, you know, figuring out what I want to do. And then that energy just goes, I mean, you're, this is the self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like got so really loud to, to the, the microphone because <laughs> I'm like hitting Andrew because I mean, that's so real. It's, you know, people can, can argue to whatever degree they, whatever their formula is for success again that that achievement or whatever it is that your marker is to feel like oh i'm on the right path um i i rely a lot on my intuition but 
again, what I've been talking about recently in previous episodes right now is about getting therapy and starting um, to address a lot of these really debilitating anxiety episodes, mm. right? anxious episodes where I, I just could feel, again, it just felt so unlike myself because I know why I feel like when I'm like on top of the world, I just produce an excellent collaboration event or um, I, I did a short film with friends and we all felt like it was awesome. I know what that feeling feels like. And what I was feeling increasingly was the exact opposite mm. of that, of feeling completely out of control, lost, just worried and terrified of literally what's going to happen next. I don't, you know, and that is so self-fulfilling. It's such a downward spiral yeah. of like, I have no security in anything. And you just start, things start falling apart, whether it's your relationship or whether it's your health or, you know, or all of the above. Right. And that prevents, it's a very big challenge for somebody to have confidence and have trust in yourself or your path when you're falling apart. Right. Yeah. So that's what I was like saying, like we talk about these career things, but we also talk about feelings and emotions because they all go very much hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You can't be in the best creative mindset, writing this gorgeous movie, taking meetings, pitching, talking to actors, telling them where to go and how to be to make the story come to life. If you're like a wreck, yeah. you know, yeah. have you like, did you ever have those moments in that? I mean, I'm sure you did, but like, were there moments where you were like about to shut down and be like, I'm not no. moving forward. I mean, to be very honest, I was so dead set on making Spawn Night. You I know? love that. And, yes. And I'll, I'll say it this way. Like, I I think I had that confidence because um, I had so many smaller goals in between. You know, like, I think um, people get really um, overwhelmed when you have to figure out you know, how to go from like dream to screen, mm -hmm. you know, like, I love that phrase. Like you, you, there's so many steps in between and, and those steps can actually help you feel like you're climbing the mountain, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so instead of like being at the bottom of the mountain and like looking at the top being like, how the hell am I going to get up there? Yeah. You just look at the step in front of you, you know? And so like I started writing the screenplay for Spa Night in 2012, I applied to the labs, you know, I got rejected from the labs, but then I got feedback. Mm -hmm. um, I got into the Sundance Screenwriters Lab, and then I did the Film Independent Screenwriting Lab. I did the Film Independent Directing Lab, and then I thought I could make the movie. Mm -hmm. And then our investors, like, got scared, you know, pulled out. And then I was like, oh, crap, what do we do? Mm -hmm. I was like, we do a Kickstarter, you know? So then we did a Kickstarter. And then we talked to investors to raise the rest of the money. Then we shot the movie. We edited the movie. We got into Sundance, you know? Like, for me, I had all these, you know, steps in between to really keep myself motivated uh -huh. and, like, bite off, like, manageable chunks, you know? Um should that be the title of this podcast? Manageable chunks. <laughs> <with Andrew. laughs> such a, such a gross sound. Manageable chunks, like barfing. I know. Um, but yeah, no, manageable <laughs> chunks. Like, um, and then one one piece of advice that I got that was like so um, huge for me, and I still think about it, was from this filmmaker Iris Sachs, who gave me feedback on the Spawnite script. He said to me. 
whatever you get wrong on this film, you'll fix on the next one. And that was the first time anybody in this process had told me that um, I would make a next one, you know, Ah, that there would be another film. This is not the singular. Yeah. Yeah. And and so then the the mountain feels shorter, you know, you're like, okay, like, let me just get to that one. And, you know, I'll I'll get things wrong. It won't be perfect, but I'll have another chance and I'll have another chance after that. And so you stop being kind of precious about things. Yeah. You know, and that that does really free you up to actually make something better. You yeah. Know? Um, so, you know, I, throughout this process, you know, I was working the job um, at CalArts. Um, I'd actually quit the job at CalArts at one point because I thought I was going to make Spawnite um, and then had to find another job. Um, you know, I worked as a as a um, academic advisor for an SAT hug one, like a, a advising center, you know, in the San Gabriel Valley. Like it, it was just this thing where like I just needed to keep going, yeah. you know, and I felt like there was momentum and I just had to keep the, you know, keep, keep it moving. Um, and so, you know, for me, like all these little, um, in between steps were huge yeah. and like fulfilled me. Like, you know, I remember when, um, we reached our goal on Kickstarter for $60,000, um, people were congratulating me. And I thought that was funny because I was like, I haven't made the movie, <laughs> you know, and I said that to my producers and my producers are like, Andrew, like you, like we just raised $60,000 yeah. to really start this process, you yeah. know, um, like it's becoming real, real. Yeah. Um, celebrate. And, and so to celebrate it, you yeah. know, and, and then that keeps you going and there's, there's enjoyment and, you know, um, excitement and, and it's not like, uh, it would have been impossible to go through that like four year period from, you know, the idea to Spawnite um, to screening at Sundance, like mm-hmm. stressed out. Yeah. If, if I was stressed out all four of those years, I, you would be dead, you know? So it's a surprise that I'm here sometimes. Cause like the funny thing is that, and this is what I'm trying to tweak right now. Mm-hmm. And with the therapy and the work and like all these different strategies of how, it's like the story that I told myself is that I'm really good under stress. Mm-hmm. And that may have been very factually true mm-hmm. up until now. And I still think that I do. Sometimes when I'm like, it's peak, it's go time, I get the most zen. Mm-hmm. Like when it's go time for collaboration and it's a live event, there's like literally a thousand people there and there's a thousand moving different parts and everything is on a second to second basis. I'm actually like cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. But I kind of had to work up to that point. But now I'm like, I don't want to have to be operating under like this high level of stress to achieve these step-by-step goals that you're saying, right? Like that's your, that's a recipe for disaster. You're just going to be so burnt out. I think it's a, it's a very unsustainable, like creative practice, you know, like we, that, that's something that like, in some ways I think it's our, our education system, you know, that like we kind of grew up thinking that way and like cramming and, you know, um, high school, college, that, that kind of, um, philosophy, that strategy. But I think, you know, hopefully we live long, healthy lives where we have long, healthy careers 
And that means finding a sustainable way of doing these things, right. you know, and taking a vacation, taking like, a vacation. And for me, like, especially since we're in a creative field, you know, like there's inspiration everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember, uh, like in my early twenties, just being like, uh, like, I I should be writing this script. I should be focusing on, you know, this edit. And a friend of mine would be like, hey, like, come in and, like, hang out with some friends that, like, are in town that I think you would get along with. And, um, and you know, I think it's important to buckle, buckle down, but I also think it's important to, like, meet people and go places and experience things that... And take the pressure off. Take the pressure off and then also, like maybe be inspired by them. Like you might meet someone who you're like, Oh, that's a really good, you know, character for this movie or, Mm -hmm. you know, like that thing that they're wearing, like that is really capturing this character or, you know, this thing that we did is hilarious. Like I want to put it into my screenplay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, art is a reflection of the life that we live. Right. You can't, you can't be inspired, you know, uh, and, and, and keep that well of inspiration full, like sitting at your desk, writing on your laptop all day. For sure. And you know, it's funny is that like there, my, my career path was very different than yours because it was in a way it was similar in terms of like pivoting and then really buckling down and doing the work. But I, I at one point was triple hustling in terms of working a full-time corporate job, running collaboration in San Francisco. And I started acting and that nine months period was like, honestly, in my mind, even though it was like exhausting, I was probably sick all the time at X, Y, Z, like taking a coffee break to Mm -hmm. go audition and got on BART. But like, it was one of the most fun times of my life. But what you just said really reminds me of that because working in this corporate job that was like a corporate job, I really liked the balance of being in this like super artsy fartsy world where it's all about character and what's the life and what's the moment before and what are we feeling and what's our objective and like really diving into the psyche of a person. But then like watching this giant corporate machine that's made up of people that are flawed and weird and like amazing and smart and it's just, just, so fascinating watching that was like to me a really great balance Mm -hmm. so i completely agree with you that you can draw inspiration and again even if you're not in a creative field even if you are working that corporate job i actually really liked it and Mm -hmm. i really the job the things i had to do itself may have been super boring because i was doing software license compliance y'all but like when I contextualized it, I stepped back and I was like, this is this is the stuff that makes all our websites run. This is what <laughs> runs our world right now. I got kind of abstract about it and I was like, that's really cool. And I'm helping manage that. So it's just like, I don't know, things you're it's it's up to the, each individual. I feel like kind of the overall thing is like you connect the dots. Mm-hmm. You meaning's not going to just be handed to you of like giving you like the direction of what to do next per se. So it's A, helpful to have this vision, like you're saying, like know what it is that you want to do and then B, have the patience to like take the steps to do it and then C, you know, get inspiration or like get that fuel to do it from like wherever you can, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And to not like not punish yourself to like find that inspiration. Right. Like I think there are a lot of people that, um, 
feel like, oh, like I'm wasting time and, and, you know, so many people feel that way. And here's the thing, like, I, I get it. Like, I, I understand that feeling, but if you beat yourself up about it, it almost makes the time that you, that you do spend on what you feel like you should be doing like a waste, you know, like it's not productive. You're not generous Mm -hmm. to yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's a, I really think that, um, you know, people, people see that stereotype of like the tortured artist Mm -hmm. and I understand that, but man, like, can't we be happy, healthy artists? Right. (laughs) Can't we be sustained? Yeah. You know, if you want this to be a centered and financially secure artist. Yeah. I think there's a way. And and that's kind of. Yeah. I think that we kind of glorify that the struggle is real. Right. Yeah. But I think that there's value in that because the struggle is what keeps us connected. Because no matter what you're doing, we're all. It's hard. But if I think, yeah, if we romanticize it. Then you're just gonna kind of stay in the struggle. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want to struggle like for real. Like we're like <laughs> I'm getting grown. Maybe that was what my twenties were for: is to learn that struggle and then learn how to thrive. You know, but now it's all about like I don't want to struggle the rest of. It. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my career. It's gonna be hard no matter what. That's got itself taken care of, kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I I I, I think it is hard and to not like wallow in it. Yeah. But to be like, okay, how do I, how do I use it? Inspire my, my, you know, inspire me and then move forward. Right. Like, I think that's, you, you, you have to find a way to not let it paralyze you. 100%. I'm curious too, if you could share, cause this is such a common conversation that comes up whenever career comes up about your support system and mm. for a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, it's their parents, right? Mm. Because they're the ones who put the roof over your head and the food in your mouth and get you to go to the schools and, you know, let you live. And then once you become independent, it's fi- finding out who that person really is and what you want to do versus what was set before you. Mm-hmm. Did you, I mean, it sounds like you had incredibly supportive parents. I, you know, I, 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 I do. They're, they're, my parents are very supportive. Um, but it, it, it took work. Like I realized like, um, I had to support them in them supporting me. Right. Mm. Because they had no idea what a career in film, you know, looked like, you know, I still don't, you guys, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still learning. Like my parents didn't even know like what the job of a director was, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, um, and so of course they were like skeptical, like they're like, is this, you know, is this a viable career? How are you going to make money? You know? And so, you know, I invited them to set, you know, like I like brought them to set. They're in my movies, you know, yes. like they're in my films. And I think that that helped them, you know, understand how to support me. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's, um, a little naive, to expect the people around you to know exactly how to best support you, you know, from the beginning. That's so real. Um, and so there is a certain amount of like, you need to, you need to help them. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's work and that's, that's tough, but I, I do think that it's valuable and it, it helps you in the long term. Um, and so, you know, like with my parents, it was, 
you know, inviting them to set, like having them be a part of my films. It was inviting them to screenings, you know, um, to, to see people applaud the work, you know, like that helped them like be excited for my career. Mm -hmm. Um, it was about talking about opportunities and, you know, people that I've met. Um, I had to involve them, yeah. you know, did you have to tutor um, them of like how the ABCs of it? Cause that's what I'm having to do. Yeah. I mean like even just like, okay, like how does an agent work? How yeah. does, you know, how does investing in something work? Like all of these, um, all of these things, which, you know, I was figuring out for myself too. Like I shared with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, I think that for me is like the way a support system, like just isn't automatically there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have to encourage it. You have to grow it. Um, and, and so, you know, it's like, I, I, I think now my parents have a really good understanding of, of how this works and, and, you know, they are able to support me in a way that, um, you know, that I need. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's also like at this point kind of, uh, you know, I, I have other support systems. I have friends. Um, I have a partner. I have, um, you know, uh, my team of producers and, you know, an agent, like, uh, you, you find other people who are excited about you and you continue to excite them and, and feel encouraged, you know, Yeah, does put a little bit of pressure on, you know, like, I feel like I have to like, perform for these people and like make every film amazing. Um, but I think that's where my love of the art form can distract me. And I could just be like, I'm just going to make the best thing that I can. Yeah. And you know, then I can step back and be like, okay, like here it is for everyone. Yeah. And I think when you start thinking about, um, the perceptions, you know, that That's can so get a little easy. scary. For sure. It can just kind of cloud whatever the objective is mm-hmm. because it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because I feel like it's such a fine balance of like finding like what's going to drive you and motivate you and give you purpose and give you support, but also then not overtake the thing. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you know, becoming the best investment banker or the best <laughs> you know college professor, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's a constant, you're, who am I and where do, where do I start and begin and where does everybody else start and begin can be really hard. And for, I don't know, I've just heard from a lot of Asian kids, especially Asian American kids, ch- children of immigrants, you know, there, there can be a lot of imposed and self-imposed pressure of performance. Mm-hmm. So that's real. But I'm like, I'm really glad. I love the way that you put it, that it's about support your support system. And I, I realized that more as an adult, like understanding my parents more to what degree I was being an unreasonable brat. And like, <laughs> I'm not like necessarily trying to punish my former self, but I want to recognize that. Like I was so angry for things that I myself was not educated or understanding of. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's a... Let's just be real. That's a very childish way of being. And eventually I'm probably going to have kids and they're going to drive me insane because I'm like, you're so ungrateful. You have no, you're not speaking, use your words. Like tell me what it is that's going on in your mind because there's kind of this entitlement of you should just support me and you should just love me. Well, make it easier for somebody to love you. <laughs> like explain why something means something to you. My parents thought Hollywood was prostitutes and drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Partially true. 
But like, I need to also explain like, Hey, I really believe that telling stories that are powerful and important and make people laugh and think and cry that that's doing something really good. I'd explain that to them. And they're like, Oh, I didn't really think of that. Cause I'm too busy thinking of how's my daughter going to eat yeah. when she's staving off predators and turning down cocaine and heroin. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. you have to support them. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad that you put it that way. I think that's a very beautiful way to see. This is why you guys, Andrew is such a bright future eye because he just knows how to write it in, in just the right way. Um, and do you, I, I love this conversation that we're having and I hope that you'll come back because I think your career is obviously just like, you know, it's just growing and blossoming. And I love that you're talking about this trust that you have in yourself. And that's so maybe maybe you're lucky enough to have that automatically, some people, but a lot of it is earned through mm-hmm. trial and error. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, trusting yourself, I mean, listening to yourself, these are, these are, uh, I think people think they're, it should be easy, right? Like, but it's, it's not like it is, it is such hard work, yeah. right? Um, it's really, really difficult. And so, you know, I think for me, it's, it's a lot about, you know, what I said before, kind of being able to celebrate your successes, mm-hmm. you know, and then not to, not to coast on them, but to build on them. Right. So to be like, Ooh, like what can I get now from this? Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, it is, it, it, it is, um, it's an active process, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to really go for it. Um, but it's also for me, like it's, it's what makes this fun, you know, it's what makes this, um, worth doing. Uh, and, and it's, it's what makes it sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm at the stage in my career where, um, you know, we were just talking earlier. I actually don't know what my next like paid job is going to be, you know, and that's a little bit frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully I have projects that I'm working on and, and no, they're not paying me, but I love them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like I, can get them to the point where they can pay me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm constantly just meeting people and finding opportunities, um, you know, so that maybe there's something that I don't even know about yet and it's going to pay me next month. For sure. And so, you know, like every meeting I will take, like every invite I will, I will, you know, like check out, like I really want to be able to, um, uh, to see the opportunities that, um, are in front of me instead of feeling like I have to like create them from scratch. For sure. Yeah. It's, I, I like the way you're putting that. It's kind of just like receiving them, like mm-hmm. being aware of the, they're, they're there. Just got to take them. Yeah. I mean, all the times it's so funny. I remember like in high school, like my mom would be like, you should meet with this person. You know, mm-hmm. it's the friend of a friend. And I'd be like, Oh, like I hate this. Like, why am I doing this? And now I'm like, you have a friend that like, Oh, like, can I meet them? Like, can I talk to them? They'd be so cool. Or, yeah. you know, even just like filmmakers, I watch their work and I love it. You know, like I saw a film, uh, at Berlin from this Korean, this Korean filmmaker and, I loved the film and I was like, Hey, can we get coffee? You know? And, and so just being able to, um, like be excited about the community, you know, about the work, like 
this is what makes me feel like I have a, like a, a, a career here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, they're, they're always going to be a little bit uh, like, they're always going to be those moments where you're like, Ooh, like is what's going on, yep. you know, but, um, lean into the fear. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like jump into it and, and feel like that you have people who, um, who can support you. Right. right. Um, and I think the the most you can do is is make sure that you don't have that fear stop you from like actually actualizing things. For sure, yeah. it's funny that we'll we'll call these things our careers, and that's amazing. But it can take time for something to be. It does take time for things to become a career. Mm-hmm. So I think patience and intention, like having intent, and then courage are very key to like go and count your blessings. Cause I'm telling you one of the biggest things I think I would love to have, I have a couple friends that are like entrepreneurs or like do a lot of hiring, but I would love for everybody to just get on this podcast and either acknowledge the times where they were a terrible, like professional and what, <laughs> and what kind of people they like to work with. Cause I think that's a key part of it, which is why I think managing your feelings and figuring out how to be good in yourself matters professionally. Because if you're a nightmare to be around, I don't care how great you are, quote unquote, at your technical skill. If I'm going to have a nightmare time working with somebody, it's kind of like at a certain point, it's just going to become a really big barrier and like moving forward, which is why, again, it comes back to like, we can dismiss our feelings and like how our anxieties or insecurities, they're obnoxious, but they can also be very limiting, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's just important to address all these things and to talk it out and to get a support system. And if you don't have one, you're like saying, like, ask yourself questions like, well, what can I do to be better? Because mm-hmm. I also know several people that used to be in my world that were very, very outwardly blaming. And that's fine because some people suck around you, but you also got to be able to be like, am I part of the problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do, then you can really trust yourself because you're like, oh, I identified the problem and I fixed it. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a lot of like self-reflection in this process. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think... I think if you're not asking yourself, like, how can I do better? How can I do more? Um, it, it, you, you risk no matter how successful you are, um, you risk, uh, like losing everything that you've worked for, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, because it's not even, you know, what it is that you can learn or what's left to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just the attitude of wanting, right? Like wanting to be better and wanting to, um, you know, be more compassionate or be more generous. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, um, uh, this, this idea of being an artist, um, uh, is so connected to like the society that we live in and, and having community, like you can't be an asshole artist, you know, like it's, it's, you're, you're closing yourself off to opportunity, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so like, uh, wanting to, um, you know, wanting to be able to connect to, um, to people, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not even saying being nice, you know, because I think being nice, you can be taken advantage of. And honestly, there are some people you don't have to be nice to, you know, true that, but, 
um, connecting people, connecting with people, like understanding who they are and, and either, um, like bringing them closer because they, um, you know, are, are good people and, and you feel like you are inspired by them, like, or seeing them and be like pushing them away, you know, yeah. because they're not going to help you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's about, uh, you know, uh, acknowledging people, yeah. you know, and I think so many of us, you know, it's a little bit of a, a safety mechanism or a defense mechanism is like, we don't even try and acknowledge people. Like you just close yourself off. And I think that that's really dangerous as an artist, you know? I think it's dangerous as a person, yeah, yeah. for sure. I love that you chose dangerous because I was like, there are there are consequences to that. Yeah, yeah. So we're saying this with love, like be aware of that because I don't want anybody to. It's a ripple effect, and like we have enough nonsense. Like there's so much. Like I don't know. I just appreciate this conversation because I feel like honestly, this particular day that we're recording, I was feeling really like discouraged about the state of the world, which I can get. You know, it's like it's been really rough to hear all these like abuse stories and how people are trying to take advantage of each other for money and how they're you know are the presidents abusing power and being a you know it's and and that's real and those those are real things that are happening on a big level and on a little level but then it's good reminder to be like hey we still have the ability and the desire to be better to do better and to make things better so i thank you for that andrew Thank you. Um, I'm really excited for your career as it grows. And do you have any final words of wisdom for anybody who is maybe at a crossroads and just maybe they're feeling like I feel like what the heck's going to happen next and maybe not feeling as confident maybe at this point in time? I I think for me, yeah, um, I think for me, the, the best thing you can do when you're at a crossroads is, uh, talk to someone, you know, um, and it might not even be important what they say to you, you know, you might just need to hear yourself say something out loud, Mm. you know? Um, uh, I think it's, it's, it's really difficult to, again, to, to feel like you're alone in this process. And I think that's when you really, um, can, uh, second guess yourself. Um, but for me, like I, I, I really believe in, in communicating, you know, with other people, with yourself, um, and getting out of your, getting out of your head, you know? Um, and so I, I recommend, you know, either a friend or a counselor, a therapist, a family member, you know, like you, you really just need to, um, articulate it, you mm-hmm. know, cause sometimes when you articulate it, um, you realize like actually how simple it is, but when you can't articulate what, when you just say like, it's so much like, it's just ugh, like, if it's just the feeling, then it, then of course it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, like with, with every film I do, um, you know, with every project, with the TV show, 
I'm constantly talking to people about it. So by the time that like it comes out, I've kind of ruined it for them, you know? Like, <laughs> you already know what happened. Yeah, like Sean, he like has told me like he can't watch anything that I've made without like all this baggage because I just you told like, him the whole I've, process. Yeah, I've told him like all the <laughs> nightmares and you know, like um uh, but for me that's kind of what what I need in order to in order to to go back to set to do the next draft to like you know keep myself going yeah I think that's really great advice and and you're also mentioning like previously as we close out that you you were the kind of person to like lean on faculty and advisors and so I think that's incredible and that's something I definitely did not do and am doing more intentionally now and I want to plug here because um, I reckon you're coming to Empower I am. so Empower is one of my babies that uh, I birthed back in 2015 with the collaboration team to create a conference um, for Asian American artists to learn about the industry and le- but it's really about learning about yourself. <laughs> Um, and Andrew's going to be a mentor. So I think you're just going to, I mean, if you listen to this podcast till now, you understand, like he has so much wisdom to share and he's really a great listener. Um, and he's amongst a lot of incredible speakers who are at a lot of different points in their careers as writers or working in the corporate office or as a director, actor, or independent singer, songwriter, and putting their stuff up on Spotify. I mean, there's so many different paths and I hope you guys will come if you're interested uh, in learning more about it. It's March 23rd and 24th in downtown Los Angeles. And Andrew will be there and you can hang yeah. out with him in person. Hopefully see you, see you there. Yeah. Where can people find out more about you? Um, so the, the best place is to check out um, my Twitter. So it's um, Andrew on Films. Um, my Instagram is just cats and my nephew. <laughs> so there's nothing really there for you. Don't try and find me. I didn't um, even read the cat paws into I it. I just think of cat paws. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, I have my website um, where uh, my contact information is there. Uh, but yeah, uh, Twitter is probably the, the easiest. Thank you so much, Andrew. You are a shining light in our world. Thank you, thank you, Minji. Okay, well, this was, uh, that's it for this episode of First of All. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe and leave a five-star review because it helps. Everything helps. So please show your love. I appreciate all of it. And if you'd like to support me, uh, you can become a patron at patreon.com, which is a platform for people to become monetary you know, donors or honestly, your sponsors, your backers of this podcast. And um, shout out to my Patreon family. And thank you guys for keeping the microphone on. And uh, you can go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. Shout out to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer, my producer, um, and shout out to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger I'm so excited for the farewell that's coming up this summer we get to watch it it's so good I saw it at Sundance will you go watch it again with me Andrew? yes okay awesome you can find first of all um, Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Play Stitcher Radio Public and everywhere else you find pod- podcasts and I am a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers again come out to Empower uh, March 23rd through 24th 2019 I don't know when you're listening to this episode. So if it's past that, you missed out. 
come to the next one. Um, but in any case, I love you all. I hope you have an amazing week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye.